and that is definitely a joke. Uh, but uh, what a blessing. All right, keep your Bibles out here. This uh, last week we started a new series uh, entitled Soul Care. And with that, as we look at soul care, we can't help anybody else if we are bankrupt ourselves. If we are running on empty, I have nothing to give. And so in a world that is so stuck on right now, self-care, and, and I, am, I am not going that direction because we can become the object of everything. And as a believer, that's not the case. But we do have to care for our soul. We are made in the Im image of God, body, soul, and spirit. Our body is the vessel. The soul is the part of us that's the real you, your mind, your heart, your, uh, it's your personality. It's, it's who you are. It's the real you. It's the part of you that communicates with others. And then there's the spirit. That's the part that communicates with God. So when we look about soul care, uh, making sure that our heart uh, is in a good place, uh, that is, that tells us whether or not we have the opportunity to be able to uh, rightly communicate with God. When our soul is not in a good place, our relationship is not in a good place. And so here in Matthew uh, chapter 20 or chapter 11, uh, we can see some things. Last week we looked at a spiritual assessment. In the last few weeks in my own life, I've been going through a spiritual assessment of where I am, what what is going on in my life, in my soul? How am, how am I doing? What areas do I really need to work on? What areas are, uh, are, are working well and what areas are not working well? And honesty is, is vital, but honesty is not always enjoyable. And if we are going to fix something in our life and have a true assessment, we have to be honest enough with ourself where we're at you know it's one thing to put on put on all of the the right look for other people to see but if it's not real and I'm not talking about it's not real that you don't want it to be real if you are not experiencing joy if you do not have inner peace, then in the quiet of the recesses of your mind and heart and the quietness in those times when everybody else is asleep, there's a void. There's an emptiness. Let me tell you, the Lord doesn't want there to be an emptiness in your life. The relationship that he wants to have with us is real. The peace that passes understanding, it's real. And it's available to all of us. And so here when we look at that, that self-assessment, this morning, week two, we are going to look at spiritual healing. So we looked at a spiritual assessment last week. This week, we're going to look at spiritual 
healing. You say, Pastor, why are we going to look at spiritual healing? Because life is filled with hurts. Life starts with hurts. Miss Haley, she's about ready to have a baby. And all you moms, you know, from the get-go, life starts with hurts. And it is that way until we take our last breath. There is stress on the mom and pain with having a child. There's stress on the baby in the process of birth. In the process of growth, there is what we call growing pains. Those of you that have little ones right now and teeth are coming in. You know what, what happens? Everybody's miserable. But why? Because of uh, that, that new child and that growth. It's, it's part of growth. It's a part of life. But there's pain. As time goes on, there's those, those pains and the, the, the muscles as they stretch and grow. And, and then you get older and all those hurts and pains, they get multiplied uh, as the muscle goes away and uh, arthritis and all the other things. But life is filled with hurts. But not just physically. Life is filled with hurts emotionally and those hurts impact our soul and so we are going to look at this this morning uh, and uh, with this spiritual healing uh, but sometimes with those hurts they are hurts that uh, somebody else brings sometimes they're hurts that we bring to ourselves. when I was in in college uh, I was a mechanic and uh, working in a shop and I don't know how many times I have hit myself with my dead blow hammer. And I'd have a drift, and I'm driving out a ball joint or a bearing, and, and my hand would be holding that drift, and I'd swing that dead blow hammer, and it would glance off of that, and it would hit my hand. This bone has been broke probably about four or five times, uh, and it's caved in now. Uh, but sometimes we hurt ourselves. And I had a boss. He, uh, he had a, a phrase that he always would use when you hurt yourself. He'd look at you and say, you got to be tough when you're dumb. One day I was diagnosing a car and I needed some help and he, I called him over. He comes over and he was a little frustrated. He had other things to do. And uh, so the engine's running, the hood's up and he sort of brushes by me and just reaches in and he put his hand right in to the alternator of a early 80s Chevy. And if you know anything about the alternators on the early 80s Chevys, they had these big fins and they did not give. And he put his hand right into that and you could just hear the flesh come off. Should I or should I not? I mean, I knew exactly what I wanted to say. 
And that thought was right in the forefront of my mind. He is leaning in. He pulls his hand back, and he holds his hand like this, and blood is running everywhere. Looks over at me. We make eye contact. And I say it. (laughs) You got to be tough when you're dumb. (laughs) He didn't appreciate that too much. Uh, But he was a little bit more cautious next time when he decided to use that phrase. But sometimes we, we hurt ourselves. But pain is a part of life. You're not going get, to get through life without pain. So we better figure out how to heal. We better figure out what it's going to take for my soul to navigate through the pains that come my way. Sometimes those pains are self-inflicted and you cause them yourself and you know it. Sometimes those pains are caused by the actions of somebody else and you then are injured. Sometimes you are injured and it's not even your pain. You're injured because someone you love is injured. If we're not careful, we can allow those hurts to derail us. We can allow those hurts and those injuries to cause us to become bitter. And we've all met bitter people. You know, as people get older, seniors, they either get sweet or they get bitter. It's almost like there's no in between. We got we to gotta make sure we pick which one we're going to be. I, I don't want to be bitter. And if I'm not careful, if I'm not guarding my soul, I can become bitter. And that's all of us. So this morning, let's look again uh, with this uh, passage of Scripture and look at uh, uh, Matthew chapter 11. Look at verse number 28. Uh, The Lord said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden uh, is light. So life is going to be filled with with injuries. There are going to be hurts. Uh, The Lord said this in Luke chapter number 17. He said, Then said he unto the disciples, it is impossible, but that offenses will come. It's impossible, but that offenses will come. There is going to be offenses in life. There's no way around it. Uh, Since they are going to come physically, emotionally, spiritually, uh, we, we need to look at this area of healing. So spiritual healing uh, is the title of the message this morning. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Uh, Lord, give me insight and, uh, Lord, the, the right words to say. I pray that you would help me to be a help to these people. Lord, I love these people. I want to see uh, them enjoy the life that you have given to them. 
uh, I pray that uh, they would be able to navigate, and all of us uh, collectively, to be able to navigate through the different pressures and problems that life brings our way. And so uh, help us today to look into Scripture and to be strengthened. For Christ's sake we pray, amen. In life, especially in our current culture, the people look to be injured. People seek identity by injuries. I was just speaking with somebody this morning. Doctors will classify people and will give everybody a tag. If I would have gone to the doctor, my mom didn't take this to the doctor, but if I would have gone to the doctor uh, and uh, the doctor would have just said I was abused. No, just kidding, mom's watching. Uh, no, uh, the doctor would have given me all kinds of tags and they would have given me all kinds of medicines. And what happens is society has taken those labels and they have allowed them to become their identity. It has become an identity to the extent, I'm not saying that there are not problems, but they become excuses. Because of this, I can do this, even though I know it's wrong. No. A label does not give you an excuse for bad behavior. But we find that all through society. We find it, uh, the world around us uh, is, uh, it, it is seeking to give people identity and people will even seek to have identity uh, in something that is wrong, uh, that is not even real. Sometimes they seek identity in an injury. Um, Back in 2017, we had the big Me Too movement. And abuse is always wrong. But that movement grew to such an extent that there were people buying into the Me Too movement that had never been abused. Our, our courts were filled with false accusations, people trying to prove innocence, and it was, the reality was somebody wanted to be a part of that because there were, they, were, they, they saw that other people in an actual injury was getting support. And I am always for supporting people who are injured. I'm not minimizing that one bit. Of, uh, one bit. But, but there was the flip side of it, and people wanted to find identity even in something that was wrong. Uh, something that is coming up even now is there are people going to doctors asking them uh, to, to cut off body parts so they can be handicapped. It is, a, it is a whole movement that is going on now because they want to identify as a handicapped person. So this, this identity crisis that our country is in, it goes far beyond gender. It is confusion. 
And, and with that, we just have to recognize what's going on, and we have to have, uh, and we do have something that is stable, all right? We have something that is true. It's called the Word of God, and we can, uh, we can trust it. Uh, but, but there are all kinds of injuries that, that do happen. Uh, but we, no matter what the injury is, we have to allow healing to take place. You know, if a child has a, has a, a, a uh, they scrape their knee and then they have a scab, you always have to tell them, don't pick, the, don't pick at that, don't pick at that, don't pick at that. Why? Because they, they have a tendency to pick at that and then what happens? The sore continues. If we do not allow healing in our soul, the sore, the wound, will continue. We started with assessment. But what did we find? What did we find in that assessment? Are there some wounds that are in our life that we just can't let go of? Things that, that have happened to us or to somebody else that we love and care about. We have to allow this thing called healing to take place. So uh, in our scripture this morning, and I'll hasten here, uh, Matthew 11, he said, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Uh, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So in this passage of Scripture, we're going to find three different steps uh, that I think will help us in this area of spiritual healing. The first one is the word come. The word come. Uh, the Lord here says, come unto me. Wounds are heavy. What does a child want? When a child gets hurt, uh, they don't want anybody but mama. Sometimes daddy, but almost never dad. Because dad isn't going to give them the same kind of love and compassion that mama is going to give them. Uh, and so uh, I think papa comes in between dad. I don't know. Uh, so uh, anyway, uh, you, have, you have this, uh, the injury you, they, there is an innate desire to go to somebody that is going to care about you and your condition. Let me tell you, the Lord is the one that we've got to learn to run to. Run to him. He is the one that is saying, come unto me. Uh, wounds, they're heavy, and the hurts are heavy, and hearts can be heavy. Uh, we want rest from that weight. We want rest and relief from it, uh, but we need it in our mind, in our body, in our soul, uh, our spirit. We need that rest, but the Lord is the, he, he is the source of healing for all of it. At some point, we have to quit running to somebody and run to the Lord. You know, as your pastor uh, and pastor's wife, uh, we are here for you. We are. And I've had people say, well, pastor, I didn't want to bother you. No, that's why I'm here. But at the same time, 
The Lord needs to be the ultimate one that we go to. You know, sometimes the person that we run to is not going to help us with our hurt. They are going to agree with our hurt. They are going to identify with our hurt. They're not going to help. The Lord will help. He said, come unto me. Uh, he knows what, what you need. Uh, the Lord is the source of all healing. He is the great physician. And he not only is the great physician when it comes to uh, the, the, uh, the body, he is the great physician when it comes to uh, our soul and our mind, our emotions. Uh, he is uh, the great physician. He knows what you need rest from, the pressures uh, that you stress about. Bring them to him. The Bible says in Peter, he said, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. You know, that, that word cast, it means to throw like a ball. You know, we don't want to throw like a ball. We want to hang on to him. Why is it that we want to hold on to our hurts? Man, get rid of it. Give it to the Lord. He said, come unto me. Uh, and I'm not saying that this isn't easy. You just pick it up like a ball, throw it, and you're, you're done with it. Uh, I, have, I have hurts. I have burdens. And, and, and I deal with things just like you deal with things. And so uh, I am preaching to all of us this morning. But when he says, cast your care upon him, for he careth for you, we have to realize where we can go. Uh, we need to, uh, to uh, come before him uh, and bring those 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 hurts to him come uh, when i think about that word come i think about genesis chapter 7 go there with me this morning genesis chapter 7 and verse number one in genesis chapter 7 uh, we have judgment has been pronounced uh, on the earth god is going to destroy uh, the earth and all of the life off of the earth, save uh, Noah and uh, the animals there, Noah, his family, and the animals. Uh, and when the Lord was ready to bring that judgment to, to uh, come to pass here, in Genesis 7, 1, the Bible says, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Uh, for thee have I seen righteous. Uh, so the, the first part there, he said, come thou and all thy house. You know what he said? He, he was saying, Noah, he said, come into the ark. That meant God was already in there. When the Lord, when the Lord tells us to come unto him, that means he already knows where we are going and where we need to be. He, he knows exactly what we are going through. Noah did not know 
everything that was going to transpire. He was given a job to do. He was given an ark to build. He was given animals uh, to, uh, to uh, uh, try to bring. He, he was given a, a task list. But when that rain started to come and when the, the judgment came and when the people on the outside of the ark began to, to cry out for him to open up the ark, I am sure there were some emotional uh, burdens and weights that he wasn't even be, had not even begun uh, to think about that he was going to face. But the Lord was already there with him. Come thou into the ark. God was already there. The rain was going to come and death was on its way. Judgment, uncertainty, consequences were, were going to happen. And he could see it happening, but the Lord was saying, I'm already there. You come to me. The Lord knows what burdens you face. He's already there. He is already there at your solution. And when he is saying come, he is saying that you need to come to where the solution is. The Lord is the solution. And he is there already. So first of all, with this, we see to come. Uh, he says to come, all you that are uh, uh, that labor are heavy weight uh, laden. The weight, the pressure, the burden, the fear, the hurt, the injury, the misunderstanding. Uh, he said, come all ye, everyone. The Lord is already there. He is waiting. Bring your stuff to him. Just bring your stuff to him. Well, I don't know why it is that we don't want to be honest with God. It's almost like we're embarrassed to come to God with our stuff. He already knows we have stuff. He's God. Well, I can't articulate it because it's not right. He already knows. He knows how you feel. Isn't that scary? Aren't you glad your, your wife doesn't know how you feel? <laughs> or what you think? A spouse? God knows everything. Every, everything that comes through our mind. So here, first of all, in this area of spiritual healing, number one is come. The second one was take. He said, take my yoke upon you. So here when we come to the Lord, we're going to bring him something. But there's a doctrine of replacement. So we bring something to God that is our burden, and we need to take something from him. We need to get. You know, when we come to the Lord, uh, we want to get but we don't always want to get what he wants to give. Have you ever started to pray? And I'm going to be honest. Pray about something, but you already knew the answer, so you quit praying. It's like, I'm not even going to talk about it. I already, I already know what he wants me to do. I don't want to do it, so I'm not going to talk about it. But the Lord here, he, he says, take my yoke upon you. Now, the last thing what you want when you're heavy is more. 
But the reason we can't take more is because we hung on to it. We didn't bring our burdens to the Lord and leave them there. We brought them and took them back home with us. We hung on to them. So here he says, take my yoke upon you. So the taking, it's the resolution, it's the response, it's that remedy. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am uh, meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest into your souls. So God's remedy here seems like... uh, uh, God's remedy seems like it might not work. If I'm already weary and heavy laden, uh, why would I take something else, especially take work? Uh, the yoke was an instrument of labor. The yoke is what took two oxen and they put them together so they could carry and pull together to accomplish something, to accomplish a job. Uh, and the Lord says, that we are to take his yoke. Now, that instrument of labor and work, we need to get into the yoke with the Lord. God didn't save us to sit. Don't get quiet on me. God, he will take our burdens. He will help us with that. But his remedy is not the same remedy that the psychiatrist is going to give you. They're going to tell you, you need to take all the time off and get away from everything. And I'm not saying getting away sometimes isn't good. But what I am saying is the Lord has, he has a different plan. He says, you give me your burden He says, now I want you to get into the yoke with me. I want you to labor with me. Now, he said, well, I'm tired. I've got this burden. I've got this weight. I've got this injury. I've got this hurt. And God says, you get close to me, and you'll find healing. You'll find healing. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. You know, when you work alongside somebody, you get to know them. I love Vacation Bible School. And we just had a meeting this last week and going over some things. And with that, uh, I was telling the people that I was with, uh, the, biggest, the biggest part or part of the biggest part of the uh, vacation Bible school, it's not the kids. It is building the workers. The workers come in and they're all excited about uh, helping the kids. And I am excited about that. But as your pastor... I want you laboring and serving the Lord. Why? Because I see growth in you. In having that opportunity and investing, and what happens, you get, you get to work alongside other people, and you get to know them. Relationships get built. When we follow the Lord, we get into the yoke with the Lord, you know what? We get to 
learn him. I'm guessing that when we're in his yoke, he's not following our lead. You know what we'll find is he's going to bring us to places that we will see differently. It will help us see ourselves. It'll help us see our situation. It will help us see others that maybe there was that injury with. And, and so coming to him and taking that yoke upon you, it is part of that healing process because we are learning the Lord. We are getting to know him. What do we know about the Lord? He is love. He is forgiving. So when we get in the yoke, we start to learn things. We get to, to work side by side with the Lord, seeing what he is doing in our daily life, seeing what he does in our world as we see it, uh, seeing what he sees beyond uh, just me and mine, uh, seeing the Lord work. So getting in the yoke, uh, he can carry what we cannot. He's not going to put more on us than we are able to bear. So, so getting in the yoke, uh, he can lead us to a place that will bring us where we need to be to see the things he wants us to see, to love the way he wants us to love, to become who he wants us to become. Uh, when we work with him, uh, we get to see the likes and dislikes and cares and concerns and burdens and goals and vision and plans. Uh, and we get to see that with others when we work with them. But we also get to see that uh, with the Lord. So if we want to have healing in our soul, we have to come. If we want to have healing in our soul, we have to take uh, uh, his yoke. But then thirdly, I want you to see that we will find. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We will find rest unto our souls. You know, in Matthew chapter 18, we see how we deal with uh, sin. We, we see God's plan to deal with sin when we are sinned against, when we are wrong. Uh, we see sin against us, sin against the church, sin against society. God gives us some directions there on how to deal with it. Uh, but after we see that, Peter comes in, and as the Lord is teaching about that, how to deal with sin, Peter makes it personal. And in Matthew 18, verse 21, then, Peter, uh, then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times? And Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. So when we look at the healing of the soul, 
what we'll find is that there has to be forgiveness. Hurts require forgiveness. Let me say that again. You didn't get it. Hurts require forgiveness. It requires forgiveness. And if we don't forgive, we will never get beyond the hurt. It'll stay there. It won't get away from us. I didn't say that we accept wrongs. I didn't say that we, we, uh, we allow things to take place that are wrong. I'm not saying that, that we disregard the wrong. I am saying that we've got to forgive. Not to accept it, but healing requires forgiveness. A man was telling a, a friend about an argument that he had had with his wife. And he said, every time that we, we have an argument, she gets historical. And the guy looked at him, you mean hysterical? And he said, no, she, she becomes historical. She, she brings up everything that I have ever done. And she reminds me of all of them. You know, our mind... We're not like God. God casts our sins as far as the east from the west. He said, your sins will I remember no more. We aren't that way. We don't have the ability to just make it gone. But we can work at it. You know one way to to help yourself forget the injury, quit reliving it. Quit talking about it. When we've been wronged, every time that subject comes up, don't bring it up. Don't relive it. Don't pick that scab off. Let it let it heal. Now, how are, we, how are we to forgive? We're to forgive like the Lord forgives. He said, he said here in Ephesians 4, 32, and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. This is the hard part. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. God forgives us. He forgives our sin. Colossians 3.13, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. We have sinned against the Lord, and we have sinned against others. We're to forgive. You know, forgiveness needs to be stored up. Forgiveness is not for the other person. Well, I'll forgive them if they, are, if they, if they apologize. Well, I'll, I'll forgive them if, if they show me that they're truly repentant. 
you don't forgive because of them. You, be, you forgive because of the Lord. And you don't forgive for them, you forgive for yourself. Because while you're, mad, while you're mad and while you're steaming and while you're waking up in the middle of the night stressing about it and fuming about something, they're at home sleeping. They don't even know. Don't let somebody cause you to lose your peace. The Lord, the Lord is there. He knows the injury. Well, Pastor, if you just knew what I went through. I'm not saying you didn't go through something big. I'm not saying that there wasn't a legitimate hurt. But you need to forgive. Because you cannot get beyond that until you do. Well, I want to, be, I want to have healing. I, I want to have that peace in my soul. Forgive. Let it go. It's a process. And we are to forgive even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven us. Uh, you say, well, they didn't ask for forgiveness. And since they didn't ask for forgiveness, I can't give them forgiveness. And I know the time. Take your Bible, go to Luke. I want you to see this. Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23, the Lord is on the cross. Look with me at verse 34. The Bible says, Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Nobody has asked for forgiveness. Nobody's asked. Yet forgiveness was given. I'm not saying forgiveness was offered. Forgiveness was given. And we have to get to a place in our own life that we forgive not because of who they are. We give because of who we are. I want my life, I want to have everything right with me and the Lord. If I am unforgiving, then I'm not right with God. If, if I'm holding a grudge, I'm not right with God. Amen. Boy, we're quiet this morning. I guess we're going to have to do this one again next week. But here we find these three, three things. If we want healing in our soul, we have to come. If we want healing in our soul, we have to take his yoke upon us. We need to get in the yoke with him. Why? Because when we are with him, we will understand forgiveness. We will understand love. We will understand his care for this world, for people, and it, just the osmosis. When you get around some people, you are just sharpened. You are just helped. When you get with the Lord, you will be helped. 
Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. And then he said, you shall find rest unto your soul. Have you ever looked for something and you couldn't find it? Around here we have multiple buildings and connexes and there'll be a tool that's needed and it's not where it's supposed to be. And so you go looking for it. And then you go to this building, and then you go to the next building, you go to this connex, you go to this closet. By the time you're done, you are just fuming because you can't find what you're looking for. Rest in your soul isn't something you can just find. Rest in your soul is going to come when you follow God's recipe to find rest. It's sort of like when you see something that's out of place. Oh yeah, I'll have to remember that that's there. You won't ever remember. You see it and the rest in our soul, it's going to come as we are following the Lord's plan. What peace we can have. And I wish I could get up here and say that I always have rest in my soul. But I'd be lying to you. I've got to go through these processes just like you do. But when we follow God's recipes, it works. It works. And that rest can be there. That peace can be there. That healing in our soul can be there. And when there are no, the injuries aren't there in our soul, man, we can enjoy all the blessings that God has given to us. We will never have a pain-free life. But there can be that peace. There can be that rest. There can be that contentment in our soul. And the Lord will give it to us. But we've got to take the steps to find it. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. Thank you for being a God that does care about uh, how we feel and uh, what we sense and the burdens that we carry and the hurts that we bear. And I pray that you would help us, Lord, to have that peace in our soul. And so this morning, uh, as your people have, have assembled and as we've come and as we've listened, I pray that we would look into our own life and as the Spirit of God has put his finger on things in our own life, I pray that we would uh, allow you to lead us uh, to... Uh, to find that rest, to be able to find that uh, peace uh, that's available. Uh, and so God, help us this morning. Thank you for uh, being a God that does love us and you've forgiven us. You've offered forgiveness for our sins on the cross. Uh, we've accepted that. And uh, Lord, if there's one here today that does not know you, I pray today that they'd put their faith in you. Uh, but Lord, help us as we navigate through the burdens in life Help us 
uh, Lord, to find that peace. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. This